in the Bajoran justice system. They use balls as their gavels and need constant pee breaks for their judges. The dedicated attorneys adjudicating these cases are just normal officers. Really, anyone with a rank is a lawyer on Star Trek. These are their stories. Well, hello and welcome to Terak Noir. My name is Joe and I'm here with my brother, Matthew. And together we are recapping each episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine from Emissary to What You Leave Behind. Today, we are talking about season one, episode seven, Dax. The story was by Peter Allen Fields. The teleplay was by DC Fontana and Peter Allen Fields. And it was directed by David Carson. So Matthew, did you order the code red? You know, somewhere in the back of Quartz, Quarks over the holodeck, you talk about, you know, these things and you need... Okay, start over. <laughs> I kind of want to keep that in. Oh, uh, no, I, I, uh, I said Quartz instead of Quarks. Because no, 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 I like that. I was recently cooking. <laughs> you were cooking with some Quartz? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. A little, uh, a little Pyrex was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Baking powder. Uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, somewhere, you know, you want us on those walls. You need us on those walls. Did but, you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. <gasps> <laughs> that was the gasp of the audience in the courtroom. <gasps> <laughs> um. Excuse me. So we're having a little bit of fun today. Uh, this is another installment of Law and Order DS9, but like even more so than past episodes and past installments of Law and Order DS9. Uh, so we're kind of like ratcheting it, ratcheting it, ratcheting it up a little. Disclaimer: We do not support propaganda. For what it's worth, if you have listened to any episode of our podcast, you know that we drag on the fascist Odo pretty much every single episode. We do not support propaganda. However, we do support this sweet, sweet sound effect. And we will use it quite liberally in this episode. <laughs> like a morning, a morning disc jockey radio show just <laughs> playing fucking, you know, fart sounds and shit. I, you know, if I had that queued up, then I, I would have inserted it in there with your cue, but unfortunately right. I don't. I just have the law and order done done. You know, so. we'll, we'll stay away from the toxicity of uh, male DJs in the morning drive. Oh, God, and I say instead so that we're doing sound effects the way that Gene Belcher would on his keyboard. Yes. You know what? Gene Belcher would not support propaganda either. I mean, who knows? Gene Belcher is easily the most annoying one. But I also, love Gene. Listen, I love Gene too. Gene is Gene is great, but Gene is also also awful. I mean, yeah, but like, I love Gene. I love I love Gene as well, but like I said, Louise never gets on my nerves the way that Gene does. I, I will say it's very telling that, and that, like, very minor as spoilers for the Bob. Bob's Burgers movie that Gene had like the least amount of story work in the in the movie like in the whole like the dream sequence kind of thing they had uh Tina's thing with fantasy uh boy with the butt you had Louise uh with her you know talking to all of her stuffies the council of the stuffies and then Gene's like imagination thing with the robot and then that got left, but we kept on repeating the boy. We kept on repeating the stuffies like throughout the entire movie. And then Gene's thing didn't really come back around until the end of the movie. Like they Listen. knew they knew who to lead with, which is Tina Louise. They did a great job. Also, it's very clear, not in the movie so much, but in the in the cartoon, the show, that uh, Bob definitely has a favorite child, and that child's Louise. Oh yeah, entirely. 
Like, and that would be all of our favorite shots. I was about to say, <laughs> wouldn't that be yours too? Yes. <laughs> it definitely ranks Louis, Louise, Tina, and Jean. <laughs> yes. And for everybody, yeah. <laughs> oh, justice for Jean. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> uh, let's get into the episode. A group of claystrons i forgot to look up the pronunciation yeah claystron a group of claystrons try to kidnap dax but cisco luckily prevents their escape their leader claims to be carrying out the extradition of dax on charges of treason and murder of his father 30 years before murder murder when dax inhabited the host body curzon so let's meet this week's cast of characters on law and order ds9 the best <laughs> the best part <laughs> two dudes with bullets and tight jeans were really going for it and then this guy goes to it they really really were god bless them oh okay well that little uh that little solo at the end of the flute really got me i wasn't i wasn't ready for that <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we have the suspe- the suspect, Dax, a.k.a. Talk to My Lawyer, very much the stoic type. We have the prosecution, Ilan Tondro, a.k.a. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Also, that guy who looks like a prick is good at playing a prick. We have the defense, Ben Sisko, a.k.a. I don't care if she's guilty. We need to prove she's innocent. The judge, Els Renora, a.k.a. call me whatever you want, just don't call me late for supper. The cop, Odo the fascist, a.k.a. if they say she did it, I believe them. All right, so the episode <laughs> opens up with the chase. We have uh, Dax and, well, Dax going back to her quarters, but sheer horny as all get out, being like, I struck out when we were hanging out. I'm going to follow her, and I'm totally going to have better luck anyways. By the way, his striking out wasn't like, hey, what's your sign? His his striking out was, I could think of better ways to keep you awake. It's so bad. The worst. Yeah. You know, they need to replace- and they're more fun than drinking Klingon coffee. They need to replace Odo with an HR officer. <laughs> they really do. Um, maybe that's what Esri should have done is like be <laughs> HR instead of ca- like counselor. Like she should have been showing up and instead of like getting together with Bashir, it should have been like, so Jadzia left me the stack of complaints against <laughs> you from her time on the station. <laughs> oh, and Quark, don't think I don't see you over there. <laughs> I'm coming for you next, bitch. <laughs> but yeah, he was abs- like just on one when it comes to his horny little thing. Like, and, it's, then, and then when she, oh my she like graciously like is going to walk away, she's not going to like, she's just like, all right, you weirdo, you can like say your bit. She's leaving, and he's like, damn, I wasn't able to talk her into having sex with me right now. And then he's like, well, she said no, but not, like, really. And then runs after her, like, runs back to her apartment. It's just insane, wild behavior. Honestly, like, there's definitely a universe. Like, there's a certain amount of parallel with Bashir and Jordy. Like, on The Next Generation, they're like, we're going to make Jordy an incel. And every single time he tries to go after a girl and fails, he's just going to become more and more incel-ish. <laughs> and then Bashir, like, every single time he tries to go after a girl and fails, like, he's just like, well, I'm just going to try all the much harder next time. <laughs> like, he, he became the opposite of an incel. Just like, well, I mean, not great on the scale of toxicity. But, like, it just, uh, I don't know. I didn't like him in this episode. Uh, no. God, no. Um, anytime Bashir strikes out with like a civilian or like a normal person, he goes and finds a patient in his Rolodex to <laughs> go have sex with. Literally last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Literally last week's episode. Literally like five more episodes <laughs> over, over the series. 
<laughs> so you have uh, Dax gets you know caught up by these people that are trying to the Claystrons that are trying to extradite her, and uh, Bashir's like, "I will stop you," but doesn't, and he goes down, and then Dax goes down, which is a really weird thing. We'll talk about later, but like the Dax that we normally see throughout the rest of the series would have handled that shit. No problem. She didn't even get punched in the head. She just fell down and was like, oh. I'm yeah, out. she's just like, yeah, I don't really want to do my usual thing. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm just tired today. It's inevitable that these people will overpower me. So why, like, take that beating if I can Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But, like, you know, in either a half season or next season, she's going to go on her uh, blood <laughs> blood journey with the Klingon brothers and like just go kill a bunch of people yeah, defeat a bunch of like klingon mercenaries yeah and that's like coming up real soon <laughs> but in this episode whatever it's fine um so eventually ops is like oh something's happening dax is getting kidnapped but these guys they know their way around the station turns out they may have gotten some some plans to the station from the Cardassians. They know their way around. They know the security routines. They know the gaps in the surveillance. Here's the thing, though. Odo, why are there gaps in the surveillance? You are known as a serial surveillance warmonger. Like, what? Like, I don't know the right word, but you're always surveilling shit. Like, you're always a painting on the wall, a beverage cart. How do you have gaps in your security? Also, He's a bad security person. Also... How has no one changed the passwords um, <laughs> this whole time? Like, there's this, the whatever the code, the security code was to get into the building before is the same code it is now. What are we doing here, y'all? I get, I mean, maybe, maybe it's like us where I get a thing that you know, Google alert that pops up that's like, your password's been compromised. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, bitch. Yeah, I'll get to like, that later. <laughs> Yeah, just log me in. Okay. Can you just log me in and, and leave me alone? Is that yeah. what, is I'm that just what trying to check doing? my <laughs> sensitive financial information, okay? Just leave me alone about my corrupted, <laughs> exposed password. No, 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 no. I'm I just trying to check my credit card, okay? I changed the one in the bank. But goddamn, how many passwords am I supposed to remember? And they're like, <laughs> oh, we'll get an app that holds all your passwords. Well, that app's got a password. What if yeah. someone gets the password of that app? I'm screwed. Listen, here's the deal, y'all. Uh, they didn't hack my password. They hacked you. Yeah. And you just had my password and they collected it, not from me, but from you, uh, Equifax. Why don't you get your shit together? Oh, we're Stop naming asking. names, are we? That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's goddamn right. I ordered the code red. <laughs> Equifax didn't think they were going to get burned on the DS9 podcast, did Whatever. they? Equifax is fine. Just to a group of unnamed people deciding the financial futures of millions. <laughs> there was a, there was a tweet uh, that was like one of those, like uh, name something that people won't believe is a recent invention or whatever. And someone <laughs> said credit scores, which were like For the eighties or whatever. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's recent and it's dumb. Anyways, what, we're getting what if they're like, Hey, we want to uh, charge exorbitant amounts of interest to a large swath of people. How do we do that? Well, we could just justify it by random arbitrary criteria that we won't tell anybody. And my thing, okay, again, <laughs> keep it on the sidetrack real quick. I was checking my credit score the other day and it's got that section for the oldest, you know, credit account, whatever. Right. And it's like, well, yours isn't 20 plus years old. So we're going to give you a bad score for this. And it's like, y'all just invented this shit 30 years ago. Like, <laughs> what are you expecting me to do? I'm sorry. I wasn't getting credit cards when I was fucking 14. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and if you got a credit card at 14, it'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa there, buddy. We're going to we give you a $50,000 limit, but we're watching you. <laughs> we're going to permanently spike their account. We'll never yeah. get a good score. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Anyways. Okay. Um, All right. So let's talk about the whole chase thing. Odo totally not like not doing his job, not surveilling Jack shit unless it's Quark. But who was doing his job? Cisco. Cisco was handling that shit. He got himself behind a console. He was beeping buttons, and he was handling that shit. That is right. So this is kind of funny because 
we were uh before the podcast just kind of like going through some of our notes from watching this episode and i came across like we delayed the recording for this one a little bit so it's been a, it's been a minute since i took these notes and i was looking <laughs> back at these notes mm. and i came across Cisco can still do that thing if that thing needs to get done. <laughs> and my notes are, yeah, Cisco, handle that shit. Lock that shit down. But neither of us knew what those notes <laughs> no, were No, we about. had to look through. And then yeah. we're like, oh, shit. It was because Cisco, Cisco handles still this knows shit. how, to, how yeah. to work a console. So good for him. I know. Well, you know, we get excited about the little things. And that just, you know, that just makes us precious. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh all right so anything else you want to say about the chase uh no the whole chase thing was like a weird um like i don't know if they just needed to fill 10 minutes or Uh, maybe what you know i don't know it was a good way to get other people like involved i guess i don't know I don't know, but what I'm just excited about is to continue talking about how much the guy that looks like a prick is so good at playing a prick. So so good. Let's talk about the case. So this dude comes out and he's like, "Uh, yeah, I'm extraditing Dax for the murder of my father. (laughs) And the reason why is because Curzon didn't have an alibi for the night that his dad died. That's it. But like, guarantee other people on that planet didn't have an alibi. Like, if he, oh, if it, he asked more people, like, what were you doing when, I, when my father died? They're like, I don't know. Well, it was, there were only so many people who knew where he was going to be. And someone sent a message and he was one of the people who knew that information. Anyways. Still, it's very light. It's very it's, light evidence. It if is you can call it that. As they say, it's circumstantial. I was going to say circumstantial, but I didn't know if that was appropriate in this it context. Is. And I didn't want to extend myself out there. So thank you for Appro- doing that first. <laughs> appropriate. It's like 11 year olds around. What are you talking about? Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that it was circumstantial evidence before I said that. <laughs> All right. um, but yeah, it's a bullshit case with circumstantial evidence. And uh, I. I just think that that should be known. We have to be fair. To be fair I've, I understand how we got here. I don't understand how we got a warrant for it. Because like he's got an actual warrant. Well, okay. Someone. So I understand. Like, like you wouldn't have like maybe have an interview first. I could see having an interview. I could but they're see they're allies. Being the suspect. I mean, I think that they set it up earlier in the episode where they're like these guys are allies with the Cardassians. So already like there's they don't have the moral high ground you know so it's more We're like allies with the federation have, too well, <laughs> but there it's probably like well they don't need to really worry about too much about the warrant process because they have a weird legal system anyways uh-huh. it's yeah they're it's, not us star trek they're not, they have like they're not you know, it's another planet yeah. exactly that's how yeah. it works yeah no, no, no. classic classic star trek we have Cisco uh, gets gets with the crew and it's like, we need to exonerate Dax without actually having proof that she's innocent. Got it? Y'all cool with that? <laughs> and they're just like... Um, I appreciate really? that. You know, he's a ride or die. Oh, entirely ride or die. Love to see it. Um, <laughs> we've got... Kara's just like, uh, but like, what if we don't have any proof? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Get proof. Like, what do you want me to do? I don't care if she's guilty. We need to prove she's innocent. Like, come on now. Give me that proof. Come on. Yeah. Uh, and Bashir was all worried about it. He's like, give me some, give me some health evidence uh, to testify that, you know, uh, Dax isn't the same Dax that murdered this guy. Uh, and I just, yeah, I just love that classic, you know, ride or die kind of, uh, kind of thing that, that uh, Cisco has. Uh, Cisco tasks Odo to go off to the home planet to find the truth of what happened. Turns out it's actually very quick and easy for Odo to do that, which is a very surprising part of this episode where Odo really just weird. like he talks to one person is like, Oh, that's what happened. Oh, okay. Well, not only that, but it's a hearing that's happening like today, right? Like right now, Odo says it's going to take like 30 minutes, and 
And Cisco's like, I could stretch it a few hours. And Odo's <laughs> just there and Clay's strong four. And I'm like, is this the colony of Bajor? Like, wh- like where is this? We've never we never heard of this place before. Yeah. We never hear of it again. Well, and Odo got there immediately. I mean, that if they're allies with the Cardassians, you can suggest that it, it's possibly in Cardassian space or like near there, which Bajor is like right up against Cardassian space. So like we can say maybe it's close I'm by, just, but I'm it's like it it's stretching. Close. It's stretching for sure. It's especially because like Odo arrives to the planet instantaneously. And then of course, when they're like, uh, we got to stall, otherwise Dax is going off to jail. And Odo's just taking his sweet ass time and then like shows up with a wife at the last minute. It's like, oh, so y- y'all took the slow route home, I guess. <laughs> y'all took the one-on-one instead of the five. I see how it oof. it's a very oof, regional, oof. regional yeah. reference. Um, but I love that kind of a trope of like a you know police procedural, whatever, where it's like, hey, I gotta go find some evidence. I'm going to be missing the rest of the episode. Don't worry about it, but just know that when I show up again, it's I'm going to have the good stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming back with the bag. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we, before we get into like the trial, <laughs> one of the first things that they say that makes no sense to me is that this hearing can't be held anywhere except for quirks. Like yeah. y'all, don't, y'all don't have a conference room in this whole bitch, like anywhere. They don't. They like, <laughs> like we like, like I see them. We see them later on. Later on, room. yeah. But like here, like y'all don't have anything. Like if someone, like a Holiday Inn's got a conference room. That's like, <laughs> it's true. I was just in a Holiday Inn conference room recently. Um, <laughs> but like that's my favorite thing about Trek shows, where it's like they have an episode where it's like on the Enterprise or on Voyager or on DS9, where it's like, we're doing this special unveiling of this new room that we built. And like, especially with Voyager, like, you know, in season four, when uh, when uh, Seven comes on board, they're like, hey, we have this new astrometrics lab. They've already established that this ship is like, we're running lean because we have very limited supplies and we're got to do whatever we can to get to the Alpha Quadrant. But apparently we have a spare room to turn into an astrometrics lab, a which I understand room. it's useful, the spare room. It, it's very useful. It comes in handy quite often, but like, it is kind of like, really y'all just found extra space like on the enterprise that makes sense like that's a fucking cruise ship that has a crap ton of space like i totally understand that the enterprise d is like oh yeah we got we got all these extra rooms you need an extra science room cool we got that you need an extra astrometric astrometrics room cool we got that no problem y'all need a a dance studio cool we got you y'all need a gym Mm -hmm. you need a uh (laughs) jujitsu thing that you can work out some daddy issues record we got you we're all good Meanwhile, DS9's broke ass is like, hey, we we got to send a cop to go blackmail uh, a local business merchant into letting us use their place of business for free while they're shut down for some indeterminate amount of time. Which, for what it's worth, it's much more charming when Cisco does the blackmailing. It is. Like, it's he's got it's a way like, about him. He's got a way about him. It's a lot cuter. Like, he's just... He, He's Cisco is just legitimately a charming individual. Odo is not. And it's very much just like police brutality. (laughs) He's just literally shoving his weight around when Odo is doing it. Even though I know that Cisco's, you know, running the station, whatever. It's fine. It's just (laughs) it's just more fun when when Cisco does it. So (laughs) so let's get to the hearing. We gotta talk about the judge. Um uh miss renora she is the best she is one of my favorite parts of this episode uh for what it's worth her and uh and the wife uh who i will get her name in a second uh mrs tandro uh they're those two actresses are absolutely incredible i love both of them and they did great in this episode they've both been in other star trek episodes uh which is great and i thought they did a great job but specifically renora like her first entrance is like um y'all i don't want this whole long drawn out thing like i have dinner plans can we you know is this a quick thing you know i know you dragged me dragged my hundred year old ass up here is this going to be a quick thing and then uh you've got elon is like 
uh yes it's quick she did the crime she needs to do the time and cisco's like but what if she didn't do the crime and then renora's like oh (laughs) (laughs) well you got me there (laughs) and it's like oh great so we have a hearing and i love that um a couple things with the judge go ahead i love that she was just like Listen, I'm trying to get out of here. Don't hit me with some bullshit, like, flowery language. Don't try to, you know, don't try to impress me with your words or arguments. Like, I'm 100 years old. My heartstrings both, like, died and broke off when I was 80. Like, you're not going to get me. Like, I haven't had a tear in the ducts for, like, 25 years. Yeah. You can't possibly get me. I'm just going to be annoyed. Yeah, like, I, the pre- the precious few hours left in my life are being spent up listening to your dumbass. Right, but I love and like just to read this word for word. Cisco comes in uh, a different host, a different person. So I submit that the person he wants to extradite no longer exists, and I challenge him to prove otherwise. And Renora's like, it would have been easier on me had you not raised that point, Commander. She's like, respect, good job. Which um. I'm withholding a bit of respect because she was about to send Dax to her death knowing that it was a bullshit like argument to send Dax, hey. Dax to her death. And she just wanted to, she, she was like, I need to get like um, peas and like broiled chicken with no salt on it <laughs> more than I need this person to get a fair hearing and maybe not be murdered for no reason. Hey, we are equally anti-cop ganda as we are anti-judge ganda. Yes, the the we're we're anti-PIC for sure. Yeah. But um, but I do love her her old attitude. Like I I really desire to be that person someday. Oh yeah, and we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more later on uh, towards the end of the trial. But like every single time, she just kind of interjects and you know adds in uh, sprinkles in some uh, some lines throughout the trial they're all they're all great you know she has great personality great vibe love it all i mean here's the thing um getting old means that your body's breaking down you're decrepit you forget things like it's a bummer it's a it's a tough it's a tough one on some extent but on the bright side um you don't have to hide your annoyance with anybody yeah like no one like like you you like you don't have to worry about how you're coming across because you're old. Yeah. You're gonna be dead. I don't give a shit. Oh, you yeah. think I'm an asshole? Like whatever. Yeah, I th- I think that your flowery language sucks and is covering <laughs> up the fact that you don't have a real argument here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so speaking of you don't actually have a real argument, let's get into the actual uh, the actual trial. So the first witness uh, that Tantro pulls out is Mr. Rando Trill. Uh, aka the expert witness aka i'm just happy to be here <laughs> um that dude was just like uh we need an expert witness for the trill so we're just going to pull off this random person off the street i know that he was actually had another role in the story but just go with me but it's very much like um uh can you say that you represent the entirety of black people or the entirety of gay people random person on the internet perfect i'm gonna judge you and your entire (laughs) and your entire people based on the next words that you say okay cool awesome and that was his entire thing that was his entire thing just like uh yeah i'm true yeah like all right i'm deeming you an expert witness which by the way is um like the same level of scrutiny that's put on actual expert witnesses and in our court system considering that forensic science is is actually bullshit you can look yeah. that up <laughs> and they just have yeah. someone they just have some random person telling you like oh the, well these bite marks match this jaw and blah 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 and they're like wait does, is this is any of this real yeah so uh so cisco and tandro go back and forth with the witness uh to try to prove their own individual points uh it gets a little bit heated. Renora's like, we're going to call a recess. Okay. Two hour recess. Is that, that seems a little long, a two hour recess. Her, 
her heart rate got above 80 and she was like, whoa, 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 we gotta <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we gotta we gotta slow this boat down, okay? It's, it's running a little hot. Uh, <laughs> come back in two hours when, when everything's back under control. <laughs> so next up, uh, the next witness that we have is Bashir, aka please don't make me tell the truth. That will make our side look bad. Please don't do that to me. Don't make me say, oh, I hate saying, oh, I just said it. Oh my nah. god. <laughs> And he did. Uh, at first, he looks like he's a witness that's going to be exonerating Dax. You know, kind of gives her a look and smiles and all that. And then Tondro comes up and asks his questions. And Bashir, like, it's the classic thing whenever you've got, you know, law and order, whatever the police procedural is, where you've got like, well, that's not that's not really what's going on. And the witness is trying to evade the question and dance around it. And being very uh, technically, that's not actually what's going on kind of thing. And then finally, the prosecutor is like, answer their question. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm fine. Okay, I'll answer the question. I love that. I also love the way that um, they did it where (laughs) Bashir, who loves nothing more than the sound of his own voice, is just being like asked to say more things by the prosecutor. The prosecutor's like, can you explain? You know, did you say that there yeah. were two brains? Do they Tell talk to each other? Oh, yes. They talk to each other like computers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, and then the prosecutor does, wow, that was very informative. Thank you. Thank you. And Bashir's very like, patronizing. Patronizing, but Bashir doesn't hear the patronization. He just hears, you did a good job. And it's like, I did do a good job. Thanks. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the door gets slammed and his fingers are still in there. It's like, it's like oh, oh, shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> um so after after that whole thing after bashir has to slink off the witness stand and in shame i'm never gonna have sex with jesse oh, poor guy he'll he'll be fine he'll find a patient at some point he'll, he'll, no, he'll, he'll okay. no he, he's gonna he's gonna end up well never mind we don't need to do that spoiler here but uh yeah <laughs> uh so the next uh the next witness uh renora's any more witnesses commander cisco yes i'd like to call the one person in this courtroom who knew curzon dax me oh, oh shit murmur murmur <laughs> murmur 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 <laughs> so cisco comes up to the stand aka hot you fell into my logic trap uh so kira uh questions cisco uh and then gets cross-examined by tanjo of course and uh they go back and forth a little bit and then finally uh <laughs> he falls into uh his little trap um i love that kind of thing where it's you know you've got either a witness or you know usually it's a lawyer and it's like you're just backing them into a corner it's very much so did you order the code red you're goddamn right i did i did that yeah you you, you did that no, it's uh, it's pretty great. I love Cisco did the thing. Um, Cisco Cisco did the defense equivalent of, um, you know, sometimes I work too hard and I take I take my job too seriously. When he's like, you know, Curzon, he likes <laughs> yeah. to drink too much sometimes, and yeah. uh, you know, maybe he likes. Uh, <laughs> maybe he liked getting into that saying a little bit too much too you know but uh a murderer i think not mm-hmm. yeah no it was it was good he gave you know he gave his good little good little testimony you, you know? know he did the uh <laughs> he did the rabbit uh eight mile thing where he like you know said all the shit that you could say about curzon <laughs> but he, he said it first so it's like uh-huh. oh wow like yeah, he knows all the things, and he still thinks that uh, Curzon didn't do this. Yeah. Uh, so after Cisco, or after Cisco takes the stand, uh, he gets a you know long distance message <laughs> uh, from Odo, and Odo reveals that uh, a lot, a large number of conversations between Dax's office and General Tandro's home took place, usually when the general was away at the front. Bum bum bum. Turns out Curzon and the general's wife were friends. Curzon they were, they is, were friends. Curzon is, is guilty of he is a dirty, dog. 
he is guilty of dirty backing is what he's guilty of. He is a dirty dog. He uh see here's the thing. Um you know people have affairs, people have open relationships, P- people's situations can be any kind of way. But they were saying that he was like best friends with the general. Mm. They were hanging out all the time. Mm-hmm. They were like doing bonding things all the time you know they were uh they were homies and uh that's some that's some dirty business mm-hmm. yep it is Curzon. and even odo suggests that uh if they were having an affair that translates into a pretty solid motive for murder i mean not really this is, well you know seems like a pretty solid motive for more affair uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes but like, we but we also know that odo is not a good cop so, you know, Cisco said himself, listen, Curzon, Curzon was Mr. Steal Your Girl. <laughs> I didn't let him and Jennifer stay in a room by themselves not one time. No, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. All right. So we get into, uh, we getting back to Odo. Is that what you said? <laughs> I was just referencing that phone call that they had, little FaceTime that they had. Uh, we do have Odo and, and the wife that are trying to figure out you know what exactly is going on uh and very quickly the wife is like oh yeah curzon didn't murder him that's silly at the beginning of the episode and then at the end of the episode she's like well this is kind of a shameful secret and odo's like well maybe you should tell it she's like yeah you're right maybe i should maybe it's time for the world to know the truth about general tandro like she flips on that man like like on a dime <laughs> the hell that secret down for 30 years and, and then, then just within no, I'm 30 good. minutes, she's like, all right. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking more about when Odo, and I think you referenced it just like briefly, like when Odo was like, Yeah, uh, if if Dax did what they say, I'd be first in line to hang Dax myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, yeah. Uh, yo, you've yeah. been working with this person for like a year now. He what doesn't are you talking care. about? He does like, not yeah, care. Yeah, no, I'd I would be the first one in line to execute this person yeah that spot where jake and nog dangle their feet off the off the upper level of the promenade mm, body sweep right down there. from there ugh. which happens in a later episode anyways ugh. Uh, ugh. <laughs> don't like that <laughs> um let's get back to uh the next the next witness that we have up on the stand we have Dax is going to go up next, but even before, uh, Cisco is trying to get the truth out of out of Dax. You know, he had had that conversation with Odo, and he knows that uh, there was something going on with with the wife. And a really weird moment happens where uh, Dax is like, "I'm not saying jack shit," and Cisco is like, "Damn it! If you were still a man, it's like." Ugh. Don't I don't like it when we have those moments on the show. Mm, um, mm-hmm. It's like we're making Cisco to be all like angry and aggressive and like, ugh. but also it's just like a weird like gender thing happening. You know, it's just it's not great. I, I appreciate him uh, stopping himself from beating up Jetsia. Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, it was really weird. Um, that was definitely to like drill home in case we hadn't re- remembered that like trills do this. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, like was he, did he just steal off on Curzon all the time? Whenever they I had guess. beef with each other, they just, they just like took but it to the street. But what's wild is that like Cisco's not really that old at the beginning of DS9 and Curzon was a little bit older like there's just a significant age gap was just cisco wailing on a gray-haired man the the entire time that they knew each other like what's going on pick a fight you can win i guess so i guess (laughs) no listen ain't no reason to fight someone that's gonna beat you fair enough ironically that's going to be dax later on (laughs) once she gets a bat left in her hand like yeah don't don't fuck with dax Anyways, they have a little bit of exchange. Uh, Dax says, I can tell you he did, as in Curzon love her for whatever that's worth. Cisco asks, enough to kill her husband. 
Dax says, so you are starting to question. Cisco says, what else can I do? Dax says, nothing, Benjamin, nothing at all. Uh, and that's why Dax is AKA, I'm telling you nothing. And she gets up on the stage, stage on the witness stand, whatever, it's fine. Um, Cisco tries asking her questions, like making the distinction between Jadzia and Curzon asking about all the academic degrees that she holds and that she got before she was joined with a symbiont uh, Dax and just making that distinction of who she is as an individual person beyond just the Dax symbiont. Uh, Tandro cross-examines and, uh, you know, ends up that, you know, uh, would you, are you willing to accept the responsibilities of your previous hosts? Uh, and would that include the consequences of criminal acts committed by Curzon? And right before Dax can answer that question, we have a voice that's coming in from the distance. The wife, a.k.a. I'm telling you everything. <laughs> well, <laughs> More you than know, you want to know, buddy. <laughs> not, not quite everything. Oh. But uh, right before that, um, if I'm Dax, answer that question, I'm like, no, you raggedy ass bitch. I'm mean, like, what are you talking about? Of course, I'm not going to be paying the, the cost of what someone else did. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, are you crazy? Apparently, that's the troll thing. Listen, um, which is, you know, to some extent, like, whatever. Um, but we're going to get to uh, the wife in a minute. But with, with what was presented to the judge, she would be an absolute sociopath to send Dax with with Inigo Montoya. <laughs> like, it's clearly another person. Jadzia yeah. definitely didn't like do this. And they also like haven't proved that Curzon did it. So, True. Like, That's the thing. Like, there's yeah. Like, no. Like, people people deny extradition requests all the time countries don't even like submit them for years because they know that they're not going to be approved they have to negotiate that shit you you came in yeah. into majority space you tried to do a kidnapping Literally. and now you're like well judge why don't you blah 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 fool you better get your weird ass face out of here wild go so, annoy someone else it's anyways cool. <laughs> so she comes in may i speak uh tantra was like mother which <laughs> reading it in the script just makes me think of Arrested Development. Mother! <laughs> um, buster ass. <laughs> I mean, he, he kind of is a bustery, buster kind of guy. Um, <laughs> the, the judge is like, and you are, right after the dude said mother, it's fine. Anyways, she says, she I'm, <laughs> true, I'm Anita Tandro, widder, widow of General uh, Tandro. This hearing is unnecessary. The accusations are erroneous. Tandro, the, the boy is like, the boy, he's a man, whatever. What are you talking about? And she's like, um, I know where Curzon was at the exact time that transition, that transmission was made. He was in my bed. Uh, making me feel things that your father had made me feel for years. Decades. Decades. <laughs> it's been a long ass time. <laughs> Your father was a very selfish lover. I mean, he probably was. Probably I mean, was. there was there was that TikTok that I saw a while ago that it was like this uh, divorce attorney was like, here's the top five uh, professions of men that are the worst during divorce proceedings. And they were all men in uniform. Um, of course. <laughs> men in uniform are also the most likely to... Uh... Well commit the little the old uh, domestic violence too what is that google police 45 percent or whatever yeah yeah it's no it's uh it's rough listen listen this man was out here betraying his people yeah he was and, uh <laughs> not and not performing oral pleasure no not not a single bit not a single bit that yeah that man has not done a single bit of oral in his life he, he tries to explain he's like well i read that michael douglas got throat cancer <laughs> right exactly <laughs> i'm allergic i'm sorry <laughs> uh, 
Michael Douglas got throat cancer and worked through it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, so she comes in and explains the entire thing. Uh, the judge is like, I, I think you're going to want to re-examine your extradition request. Until then, this hearing is adjourned. Sassy old bitch. I love her. <laughs> Sorry, I was a little delayed on that. A little delayed. Um, yeah, I mean, speaking of sassy, I forgot to mention it earlier, but one of my favorite parts is uh, <laughs> before Dax takes the stand, she does like a little bit of pontificating uh, in front of in front of the court, and it's she's just the best, you know. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, she's just so. Uh, Lieutenant Dax, you're either 200 years older than I am, or you're about the same age as my great-granddaughter. At first, I wondered which of those you were. Now I'm bothered by the likelihood that you're both. Let's so finish, here's please. the thing. Her old ass hasn't heard of Trills before. Like, like how is this well, not okay. settled? How is so, this not settled law? Trills have been passing people along for generations and generations, for hundreds of years. And there's nothing on the books about whether one of them committed a crime that another one has to do something. Well, I guess this is a triple quibble. My bad. I mean, it kind of is, but I didn't realize, like, I didn't realize where I was going with it. No, I was fine. just going with how is the judge like never thought about like the trill thing. Like, well, are you, are you 300 years old or are you 30 years old? I don't know. It, it's because Star Trek hasn't thought about it yet. <laughs> it's it's in <laughs> the right, companion. I, I didn't have the exact quotes because it was just like a long ass paragraph. But basically the writers for this episode, they're like, oh, we're doing a Trill episode. There's no canon on Trill yet. Like there's just this one episode of TNG where we have like a brief introduction to Trill, but we really don't get into like the legal system behind the Trill. Sure. And then you, of course you have Dax on DS9 so far, but that, this is episode seven and we haven't had a Dax focused episode yet. And so they're like, well, I guess we're literally writing the rule book on the Listen, Trill. I don't need, I don't need for them to have like given us 10 Lexus Nexus results. Well, or something. I'm just saying that, like, when you're writing this right now, like, I understand that, like, wouldn't you write this as if this had been previously established? But what's great is that they don't actually answer the question at the end of the episode. Like, there, it's the case actually isn't settled at the end of the episode. Like, it's obviously Curzon wasn't involved, but they still didn't really answer if Jadzia would be responsible for Curzon's crimes. So they literally punted the ball on this entire issue for this episode, which is kind of amazing for the writers. Like, congratulations, props to you. Well done. But but yeah, they're like, yeah, we're not, we're not actually going to settle this issue. We're just going to leave it to someone else to write this later, not us. Fair. I mean, yeah. I respect, I respect that. <laughs> Absolutely. So the resolution that we finally get, which this is my corner to say how disappointed I am in this episode, um, but we get to have uh, Anina and Dax walking on the promenade and kind of, you know, talking a little bit about Curzon, talking a little bit about the two of them. Um, and Anina asks one thing, live Jadzia Dax, live a long and fresh and wonderful oh. life. And then she runs her palm gently down Dax's cheek. Here's the thing, though. I understand Star Trek wasn't ready for this. And they will be a few seasons later. But give us the lesbian moment with Dax and Anita, you fucking cowards. It's Pride Month. You didn't know that we were going to be doing this episode during Pride Month in 2022. But goddammit, it's Pride Month. And I want to have that lesbian representation in Star Trek. Okay? Is that so much to ask for? Apparently it is. They've Jenna. never even said anyone's canonically a lesbian. We have Rafi and Seven and Picard, but they didn't explicitly say they're lesbians. They're just like, hey, they're together. We don't have that specific explicit in Star Trek. Okay? It's Pride Month. It's homophobic. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Uh, Jadzia, see, I think that it makes sense in um, Mrs. Wife was like rubbing her hand down Jadzia's cheek like, ooh, look at this like young tight thing. 
And Zedzia was like, in my memory, it was 30 years ago the last time I saw that face. And, uh, you know. She was still with it. John Z was still with it. Um, I would be too. Like, hey, good for good for Miss's wife. Yeah. She's been she's been grieving, but not so much that she like go of her skincare routine. You know? <laughs> no. Great skincare on Clestron for whatever. <laughs> Famously. Famously. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just disappointed. And uh Star Trek failed me during Pride Month decades later. Star whatever. Trek fails during Pride Month every year. Uh... <laughs> Every year. <laughs> you know, okay, you know what? Let me just go on a random tangent real quick. I just finished watching, re-watching the season one of Discovery, and I forget that they killed off the gay in season one, but didn't bring him back. Like in my head, I'm like, they didn't really kill off uh one of the husbands in the gay couple, the first gay couple in Star Trek. They didn't really do that in season one and not bring them back in the same season, right? Right, right. Oh no, they did. They didn't bring it back until the next season, those bastards. And even then they're like, oh yeah, he died. And we're going to have to work through the fact that he died and came back from the dead. And there's going to be some trauma. And oh yeah, I guess they're broken up now because the dude's like, I died. I'm, I'm having weird issues having a relationship with you. And then the next season, they're all cool and it's all fine again. But like, they really did that to us. They were like, yeah. hey, here's your first gay couple. We're gonna we're gonna kill one of them off. Actually, they killed both of them. I think. Damn. When was the other one actually dead? He was pretty close to dead. Anyways, they, yeah, that was the first season of Discovery. A lot of other good stuff, but didn't like that part. Damn. Anyways. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get into the rapid fire. Uh, in the episode trivia, we have DC Fontana, uh, one of the writers. She was a writer for uh, TOS and wrote episodes like Charlie X. She also wrote the pilot for TNG. And uh, then, <laughs> oh, not a big fan of Encounter at Farpoint. All no? right. What else? Okay. Uh, and this one, uh, this was her last uh, writing credit for Star Trek. Uh, we have her first mention of Rock to Juno in the series. And it gets mentioned basically in every other episode from here on out. So (laughs) super excited for that. Uh, Triple Quibbles, I kind of referenced it earlier, but I'm glad that they ultimately made Dax a fighter because she looks real rough in this episode. I'm fine that Bashir looks rough because like I don't expect that boy to fight. So that's fine. But Dax, like we, we come to know and love Dax as someone that's like, oh, there's some Klingons twice my size. Okay, I'm going to go beat him up. You know, like she just like has that mentality of I'm ready for a fight whenever and I'm actually going to hold my own, you know, and I love that. I love that we get that uh, ultimately later on in the series. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, she seems like a, a real science officer. She seems like someone with like eight science degrees. And it turns out she does have Um, straight thought. I already talked about uh, my love for the supporting actresses in this episode. Uh, I thought they both did great. Uh, They both were great. The dude was great too. Uh, Yeah. Gregory. He's he's got such a face. Yeah. He's got, oh, this guy just want to, my God. And he, he comes back up in DS nine. He's at all the, uh, all the supporting actors are like serious people, you know. It's one of my things yeah. that I love about Star Trek is that they'll get some like guest actor to come on, and then when and then you look again, them up, and then again. you see that they have like four credits. Yeah. yeah. But my um, so I just watched an episode of Voyager. So I'm again, I'm in I'm in my rewatch of Voyager, and they had Tony Todd on there, and it's like, oh, I know that voice. <laughs> you can you can put like a shit ton of prosthetics on him but like i know that voice and i'm really excited for you to be in this episode um i mentioned the dude's name so i'm going to mention and i'm going to butcher their names uh but we got ann haney played the judge and then fionula flanagan played <laughs> anina tondro uh just everybody credit, involved in this episode too. 
is made up. DC Fontana, that's oh, no. sure a made up the, name. The other uh, dude who played the other trill, his name is Richard Lineback. Just everybody made up. Everybody's that's a made fake up. name. Yeah. That's an entirely fake name. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorite things of track of like they have their uh uh rotating cast of just like uh, this person hasn't been in a Trek episode in a couple seasons. Let's bring them back. Just put some more makeup over them. It's fine. In the same way that every single actor that lives in New York has been on Law and Order. Several times. <laughs> you know, like with in Star Trek, like they have their stable of actors, sort of like the like David Simon yeah. people, where it's like, hey, this person from The Wire is in this show who was all they were also in that one, in yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. And I want to see him in the next one too. Yeah. Um, one of my uh, it's my favorite line, and this is kind of like paraphrasing it, but it's okay. Uh, Kira asks uh, Cisco when they're you know when Cisco tasks them to find evidence, and Kira, uh, it's the you know if a trill uh, is a trill responsible for the conduct for their acts. What if I find the answer is yes? And Cisco says, then that answer is wrong. <laughs> it's just the best i love cisco in this and he's right yeah i mean we don't actually decide that in this episode but yeah he's right um i, I, I we do we do obviously cisco is yeah. always right so if he says well, well, there was that one time but he can live with it so it's okay I he don't can know live if, with it. no that was a different time oh the uh the like Agent Orange that he dropped at one time. <laughs> the Javert episode? <laughs> yeah, that one where he was just like, yeah. just off his ass. Yeah. Major, turn that thing off. Shut that thing up. Great. It's, it's the best. Uh, we didn't spoil that, so it's fine. We'll, okay. we'll get to it later. Um, we have like Trope 2027. Corner. Jesus Christ. Hey, don't count it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's right. just a couple of weeks from now. It's okay. Uh, trope Corner. Uh, you mentioned it earlier about everyone in Starfleet being a lawyer, but why don't you expand on that a little bit? That's one of my favorite tropes um, in Star Trek, like along with taking off the com badge and running around. Um, there's like some really quality ones, but one of my favorites is the way that like, anybody is just like everybody's got a jd everybody's qualified to try, try a case um in that in next generation you have like early on the case with data yeah measure of man <laughs> it's a uh, great episode oh yeah another one like when star trek does the um like you know court case episodes mm-hmm. they really like they hit every single button on they go in yeah they they really do like um that one too has um you know like hey picard's gonna be this lawyer who's gonna be the other lawyer riker's gonna be the other lawyer does anyone think that that trombone playing risa loving dude is like an attorney i don't know i mean not saying that attorneys can't play trombone or you know go to risa i'm just saying I don't know. I don't know that Riker's the one, but Riker's up there doing his damnedest. And they even had the the moment where, you know, they're saying like, "Hey, listen, Riker, if you don't do this at like a hundred percent, trying to mm-hmm. like prove that Data's just a machine, just a robot without any sentience or or autonomy, then then we're just going to default to say that Data has to like go live in a garage of the scientist." And so Riker has to do the thing where he goes for like the kill shot and he makes some logic argument and it's like, oh, this is devastating. Like you could, you could hear the murmur, the gasp in the courthouse, you know, <laughs> and he's just like, oh, like he, he just hates it. Like Bashir, mm-hmm. except he did it through competence rather than Bashir's incompetence. Well, you know, and he's just like, oh, I, I'm so sad. <laughs> and then you know obviously like you know the good guys win and there's a celebration for data and riker's sitting in a dark room just like you know head in hands Mm -hmm. i can't do it data's you know doing his head thing being like what but why are you why are you sad it's like Mm -hmm. well i i almost i almost sent you away 
to become just like a bucket of parts. And he's like, but you had to do that to save me, didn't you? So didn't you save me? And Riker's just like, oh, hell yeah. You know, he's like, <laughs> runs back to the party. It didn't take much for him to be like, let's go. You know, give him oh, wait. I, I, can, I can clear my conscience and go to a party? Hell yeah. Like, it's getting drunk. <laughs> runs out. But like, it was all, it hits all the tropes of just like, you know, devastated person who like, because their honor is such, they have to like, try to destroy their friends and you know even if their friend goes to jail for the rest of their life like they did the right thing because they spoke the truth and there's mm-hmm. nothing more important than lady justice and whatever yeah <laughs> and, and instead Riker's just like Riker gets one word and then it's back to his his face you know that smile he makes the Riker's loving it yeah <laughs> no but just it's just great to me that like in between the the Starfleet educational system is just tops. Well, okay, like what was it when Wesley was in the Academy? Uh, he came back to the Enterprise and was talking about Picard, talking to Picard about his like Latin classes or whatever. You know, <laughs> these it's, fools are taking like it's... astrophysics, um, you know, warp theory. They're doing like they all can fight. <laughs> You know, all of them could fight. Federation law. (laughs) They're taking law classes. One of my favorite tropes in Star Trek, which isn't here, but it's going to come up for sure. Hmm. You get it a little bit with like the laws of acquisition. But one of my favorite things in Star Trek is that everyone just knows like the the number and subheading of all Star Starfleet codes. Well, section forty eight point two B says that blah blah blah. They're they're in there memorizing that shit. And they're also learning to be lawyers. It's insane. I mean, it's I guess in it's Latin. In Latin, I guess it's either memorize that or get caught up in a, a potential a wrongful death investigation uh, in the academy. Uh, I don't know. I'd rather study. I don't want to get involved in that. Like that just seems so time consuming. Is there not a third option? No, it's either Latin or get involved in a, a wrongful death investigation with early version Tom Paris. <laughs> well, listen, I, uh, I took three years of Latin in high school, so there we go. So I get it. Don't remember. A <laughs> so, thing. uh, carpe but, diem. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> hey, <Man. laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think that one of the best things that when Star Trek, I mean, especially the nineties Star Trek. And I think that, um uh the different current shows have done it from time to time i think it's a little bit easier uh to do this on the on the cartoons like lower decks but anytime they do like a procedural whether it's you know like a medical drama right um there's like an er influenced episode and i believe season five with bashir and jake um, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, all the law and order ones that they do or like CSI, whatever, you know, like anytime they do those kinds of procedurals, it's just so much more fun, you know, like it law really and order is. is cute and all, but if you add in phasers and space and stuff, <laughs> like it's just so much better, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just so much better. I'm sorry. Get some prosthetics, get a lot of aliens and makeup and it's just way more entertaining um anytime they do genre shows like if it's a detective thing like you know obviously uh uh picard loved doing his detective novel uh hologram uh hollow novels in tng and those were always so much fun it's like yes i would like to see some uh some noir detective stories set in the star trek universe or the sherlock Holmes stuff you know it's just this is the beginning of the noir detective persona for Odo. Yeah. Like, you know, he does the, you know, maybe it was innocent. Maybe he was just blah, blah, blah. You know, like he does his, and that becomes, it's like, we're still kind of like in a little bit um, in space here with Odo and his character, but he really lands on the gruff, maybe like the gruff detective. Um like the noirish thing like yeah he loves that i was about to say and it's especially coming up pretty soon you know um where we get to go back in time you know 
Um, We're going back in time. We've got those episodes with Odo are like, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about when we get to it. Uh, But I know that we haven't, we, I think that we have one of those in season one and then another, I mean, there's several, several of those. Yeah, there are several. Um, Anyways. Uh, we love a group project for everyone's collect evidence. Yes, uh, we talked about that. There's no HR department. That's really rough. Um, <laughs> really, really needs to have an HR department. Uh, we talked about the sassy judge. Great, great trope in in a Law and Order esque show. And I think that we get that again in DS9. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then you had another trope that you wanted to talk about as well. Oh, uh, Star Trek loves um, going, like, first-year philosophy student, stoner, like, is lying to the public worth it if it's for the greater good, bro? You know, like, they love that shit. There's so many episodes where it's like, you know, they they had to put out this myth, but the myth is justified because, you know, it brought about this result, like, this this uh, population was able to find peace. They were able to rally. They were able to whatever for like the per- the lie. But you know, the mm-hmm. lie is is actually like the good thing here. So like with this, they keep they hold on to the lie. They're just like, you know, the only person that's gonna have a hard time here is the wife. Yeah. You know, like no one's really gonna be saying anything negative about the general he still gets to keep his good reputation, even mm-hmm. though he was the one who, you know, was a bad lover, a bad husband, a bad general, and a traitor. You know, but but Dax and this lady, they unilaterally decide for the nation that this is better. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, so then it's like, well, um, at that point, obviously it's undemocratic, mm-hmm. but it's still for the greater good. And I don't know. There's there's better um, examples of this where we could like get into the actual question. Yeah, I just love that as a trope. Yeah, and it's it's definitely a trope that's going to come up uh, quite often. So it's always like we're propping up the shittiest person or whatever, <laughs> but we have to we have to maintain that image. Because uh, apparently society is going to break down if we don't. Uh, which was society worth it at that point? What's right, it? you end up infantilizing all these people that you mm-hmm. say that you're like that you're doing this for. Yeah. So like I'm doing it for these people because I consider myself to be a a better rational actor than the rest of these like emotional, you know, unthought creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good times. Um, Before we get to the closeout, I just got to hit this one more time. That's the oof the 90s. (laughs) The oof the 90s is all of the times that that I hit that sound sound effect button. Why not hit it just one more time? You want to do it? Hit me one more time. Two times. All right. Okay. That's enough. It is time for us to release docking clamps and pilot our tough little ship away from Tarek Noir. If you want to reach out to us with comments or questions, hit us up on Twitter. Our profile is at Tarek Noir or send us an email at TarekNoirPod at gmail.com. Feel free to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you all for listening. We hope you join us for our next episode when we're going to be talking about The Passenger. Until then, walk with the prophet's child.